Welcome to the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast, where we invite you to pursue God, engage in community, and make a difference. Hey there, my name is Mike Parejo. I oversee the student ministries here at the Parkland campus. Thanks for being here for our online service. Uh, something that you need to know about me, if, if you're not aware of kind of my background a little bit, is that while I kind of grew up in a church setting, I was never really part of any kind of a youth group. You know, I, as a kid, I did kids' church on Sunday mornings, but, but when I got into middle school and high school, I was not a youth group kid. You know, occasionally one of my friends at church would invite me to go, but I was never really connected whatsoever, and I never really had a relationship with God, even though I attended church. It wasn't until I was, I was 18 years old, it was my first year in college, uh, when I really kind of established that relationship with Jesus and, and I placed my, my, my trust in Him. And, and since that moment, since that moment as an 18-year-old putting my faith in Jesus, I have spent my entire life since then investing in young people in, in one way or another. You know, first as, as, as a volunteer uh, with our, you know, with, with student ministries at the church that I went to, and then later on, uh, you know, starting to, to work at a church and, and having, having my vocation be in professional ministry. Uh, even in the years since then, uh, when I wasn't in student ministries, I was still investing in, in young people, uh, mostly my own young people. My wife and I have three children who right now are between the ages of 12 and 20. And so, you know, for the last 30 years, I have been investing in young people in one way or another. And so I've spent a lot of time with young people, uh, whether it's, you know, youth groups on Wednesday nights or Sunday morning youth church or going to camps or all sorts of different things. I've, I've spent a lot of time with students and I've had a lot of time to observe their behaviors. I've had a lot of time to observe their choices. And I've seen a lot of bad choices made by young people uh, throughout my life. And, and a lot of times those poor choices are a direct result of things like peer pressure and the kind of people that they hang out with. And, and it's amazing how many bad choices students and young people can make just because that's what they see their friends doing. Now, it's not like I was immune to that kind of pressure when I was in school. I certainly made uh, my, my share of bad choices. I mean, we're not gonna have a picture of it, but like I, I was definitely part of Mullet Nation when, when I was in high school. And, uh, and I'm really glad that there aren't a lot of great pictures that, that uh, that I could show of me in, in, in the, you know, business up front, parting the back lifestyle, uh, hairstyle right there. Uh, and, and so as, as I've thought about like the, the number of bad decisions that I've made, and some of them, yeah, maybe it's like clothing style or hairstyle, but, but a lot of times these bad decisions can go to, you know, choosing to participate in underage drinking or getting involved in drugs or premarital sex or all sorts of things that can have a lot of unhealthy consequences. And so in all the years that I've spent as a student ministries pastor, there, there are certain things that I always want to emphasize with students. There's always things in the Bible and concepts that I want to come back to students with. And one of the biggest concepts that I want students to focus on is the idea of, of being in healthy friendships, being in friendships that, that are really going to be good for them and, and teaching this, this, this idea that, that your friends are going to determine the direction and the quality of your life. And so I would always tell students like, you know, we've all heard this saying, you know, you are what you eat. I don't buy into that. Ultimately, the people that you hang out with, that's who you become, you know? And so I always, you know, tried to tell students and I still try to teach students to be really careful about, you know, the people that you hang out with. And this is a truth that's found repeatedly in the Bible. In, in, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, 
we read, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Okay. This is a timeless truth that, that if I'm being honest, it's a principle that, that continues on well beyond our teenage years. Okay? The, the people that we spend time with are ultimately the people that we become. And so we have to carefully choose the kind of people that we allow to influence us. But what I want us to think about today, the, the concept that I want to think about today is that influence is a two-way street. Okay? We need to be intentional about the people that we are influencing not just who we're allowing to influence us. Because each and not every one of us, every single day, the people that we spend time with, those are opportunities that we have to be a healthy influence on other people. And so what are we making of those opportunities to be influencers? Because it's a privilege to be able to influence other people. You know, last week as we started off this series, Jeff talked about how we need to be careful about, you know, the leaders that we have in our lives and kind of the influence that they can have in our lives. And so we, we want to make sure that the people who are leading us, you know, are leading us towards living a life that is good. But today I want to kind of expand on that idea and have us really consider how we need to be people who are investing in relationships where we are influencing others to honor God. That's part of living a life that is good is, is being a person that is enabling others to live a life that is good. And so we're in the second week of this series as we're going through the very short letter that Paul writes to his spiritual protege, uh, Titus. And so if you have your Bibles or the Bible app on one of your devices, please find your way over to Titus chapter 2. We're going to get there in a minute. And in this passage, what we see is that Paul is teaching Titus what it means to be an influencer. Now, in present day in 2022, when we hear the word influencer, a lot of times our mind will go to like social media influencers. And there's this whole culture of, of, of online influencers, but you know, th this, isn't, this isn't the type of influencer that, that Paul is talking to Titus about. A lot of times like modern day influencers on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, it's all about you know, latest fashion styles or makeup or cool stuff that you can buy on Amazon or, or whatever it is. But our modern day definition of influencer is so far different than what Paul was talking to Titus about. Because again, as, as I think about modern day influencers, those people, you know, they have almost zero relational influence with the people who are following them. Okay? It's, just, it's just not possible through an online medium to, to have an, any real personal relationship. A lot of influencers, certainly not all of them, but a lot of them, their main concern isn't even about influence. It's about acquiring followers. Now, how do I get to 10 followers? How do I get to 100 followers, to 1,000 followers? Maybe someday I'll have a million followers. I mean, there are, there are people out there that have hundreds of millions of followers. And so there's no way they could actually have any relational influence with those people. And so if you, if you remember nothing else today, I want you to remember this. You know, to, to experience a life that is good, we need to be investing in personal relationships where we are helping lead others towards deeper character and spiritual maturity. And so with that being said, we are going to jump into what Paul has to say on the matter of being an influencer. So we're going to be in Titus chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. And it reads as follows. You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Okay, I realize we're only one verse into the passage here. But I think we need to stop for a moment and, and address this before your eyes roll back in your head and you check out. Okay, and why, why would you check out? Because we don't necessarily view ourselves as somebody like Titus. 
Okay, we look at what Paul says here. You have to be, you're, you're teaching sound doctrine. Okay, well, that's, that's not my role, Mike. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. Like, Mike, this is a message for you. Like, you, you should be paying attention to this, and uh, you let us know what you get out of it. But, but I want us to think about this, this verse a little bit differently. And so sometimes the translations that we read, they don't always connect with this. And so I, I found this verse in a different translation, in the New Living Translation, which I think defines it and kind of translates it really, really beautifully. So in the New Living Translation, verse 1 reads as follows. Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Okay, so whether or not you believe that you are called to teach sound doctrine, we can all buy into this idea that we have been called to promote the kind of living that reflects the, whole, the, the wholesome teaching that we find in God's Word. We have been called to be spiritual influencers. And so while this letter is, is being written to a young pastor, okay, that's being written to Titus and, and his influence, the principles that we're going to read here today, are, they're applicable to, to all of us. We're all called to be spiritual influencers. Something that is true, whether you are in middle school, or you are middle-aged, or you are in your middle-80s, or anywhere in between those things, you have been called to be a spiritual influencer. So with that in mind, I want us to keep reading in this passage. I'm going to read Titus chapter 2, verses 2 through 8. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So, so this big idea that, that Paul is trying to impress upon Titus is the same idea that, that we all need to be listening to, and that's this idea that, that we have been called to be spiritual influencers, to be godly influencers, and it doesn't matter who the other person is, we can have that positive godly influence. Again, and it doesn't matter what age you are or what age the other person is. You know, there's all these different groups of people that, that Titus has been called to be an influence on. And so I want to look at three different ways this morning as we look at this passage, three different ways that we can be an influencer, no matter who you are. Again, it doesn't matter whether you're in middle school, you're middle-aged, or you're in your mid-80s. And the first way that we can do that to, to embrace being an influencer is that we need to remember that we need to influence the heart first. We need to focus on influencing people's hearts and not just their behaviors, okay? Now, now the Jewish people, uh, they were very familiar with the long list of rules that were found in the Old Testament. You know, Paul, who was a, a former Pharisee, and the Pharisees were so focused on the rules, and there was like 600 plus rules in the Old Testament, and then the Pharisees and other teachers of the law would like make up and add a whole bunch of rules onto that. They, they were focused on the rules of, of the thou shalt and thou shalt nots. And so they were very good and they understood, yep, not supposed to murder, not supposed to steal, not supposed to commit adultery, not supposed to, you know, eat pork. Oh, can you imagine saying no to bacon? Anyway, there were a lot of rules that had to do with behavior. But what does Paul tell Titus to focus on? Like, as, as he's called to make an influence on, on these older guys, you know, in, in the area. Check it out again in verse 2. 
Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Paul encourages Titus to focus on influencing the inner lives of these older men. Focus on on influencing their hearts. Because as he focuses on influencing the hearts of these guys, then eventually they would see the right behaviors. You know, godly influence starts in the heart. A heart that embraces God will embrace the behaviors that honor God. And so what, what is a heart that embraced God? What, what does that look like? What, what are some of those inner qualities? And, and what we see here in kind of the, this list that Paul puts together is, you know, encourage these older guys, like, be a man that's worthy of respect. You know, for, for all of us, you know, we need to influence people. Be, be somebody who's worthy of the respect of others. Be somebody who, who lives with self-control, not just kind of doing whatever feels good in the moment, but have some self-control in life. Be somebody in life that, that you're letting your faith lead the way, that, that your trust in God is going to guide your decisions. Be somebody who acts out of love. Be somebody who, who focuses on finishing this life well, finishing the race well. The, these are all inward qualities that will then impact the external choices that people make. You know, I, I think about the, the people that have been an influence on me. And, and, and when I was, again, very, very early on in my own walk, one of the guys that was an influencer on me, his name was, was Kamel. And, and Kamel, when he and I got together, he didn't come together and say, okay, Mike, Here's the list of the stuff that you need to do this week. If you're going to live for Jesus, you need to make sure that you're reading at least one chapter every day. And you need to make sure that you're spending at least 20 minutes in prayer. And you need to make sure that you're giving at least this much money to your local church. And you need to make sure that you're giving at least this much. There wasn't a a list of of check boxes every day. I mean, ultimately, when Kamel and I met, like a lot of our time, we, we would spend time in God's word. But it wasn't about the how-tos, it was more the, the heart of being in God's Word. And, and Kamel loves the Word of God. And so the, the thing that, that his greatest influence on me was to have a love for God's Word, you know, and allowing God's Word to change my heart. And as my heart was changed, then my actions would change. You know, when Jesus was asked for his opinion on what the greatest commandment of them all he didn't choose a behavior-based rule such as thou shalt not kill. You know, Jesus said that the greatest commandment was to love God and in turn to love your neighbor as yourself. So ultimately, we need to seek to influence hearts. How, how do we influence hearts if we ever want to see, you know, if, if we want to see people's behaviors actually changed? Focus on influencing the heart first. The second that we can do if we're going to be a spiritual influencer is we need to be focused on creating new influencers. You know, having influence is important, okay? Again, we're, we're called to have influence, but, but ultimately, we need to help other people understand that they're also called to be influencers. You know, th- this is why Paul is instructing the, the Titus to, to work with these older women, and you know, he's teaching them, but ultimately... The call for these older women is to invest in the younger women so that the younger women can be influencers as well. Again, let's look back at the verses, verses 3 through 5. He writes, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to the husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. Yes, Titus needed to give some instruction to these older women, but but ultimately, those older women then needed to step up and be influencers themselves. 
They needed to influence that next generation, pouring into those younger women so that those younger women would then pour into the next generation. You see, without multi-generational influence, this design and then this idea that like, I need to be pouring into people who are going to want to pour into people who are going to want to pour into people, like, if we don't have this multi-generational influence, the church will shrink and die. I mean, we, we see so many churches doing just that, shrinking and dying, because a lot of times we can just focus on, okay, what do I need to do to make sure that I'm living a holy life? But, but we have to go beyond that. I have to think beyond that. Andy Stanley, Pastor Andy Stanley puts it this way. This is brilliant. He says, what's the faith of the next generation worth? Everything. It's worth everything. If we are not focusing on the faith of the next generation, what's going to happen to the church? It's, it's going to die. And, and I've seen people who have lived this principle out of, of, of influencing the next generation of influencers. So my, my very first role in vocational ministry, uh, when I started working at this church in Arizona, uh, we, had, we had an intern there. Uh, her name was Julie. And Julie was just on fire for God. I mean, he was doing amazing things in her heart. And, uh, and, and just to see her investing in these young girls in the church. And so as, you know, as this college intern, she was heavily focused on investing in these middle school girls. Okay, these 11, 12, 13-year-old girls. And she loved them and she was pouring her life into them. And and one of the girls that she invested in, her name was Erica. And she just poured so much life into Erica. And you could just see Erica grow and flourish, you know, because she was being poured into and influenced by this godly woman, by, by Julie. And, and later on, so like, you know, Julie went on uh, and was eventually hired by the church and then went to a church plant. And Erica kind of went and was part of this church plant as well. And so Julie got to invest seven years into this girl, Erica, until she graduated uh, college or graduated high school. And then she went on to college and, and Erica went on to be this just incredible teacher. You know, even as a young 20 something, you know, she was given the award of, of teacher of the year at her at the school that she was teaching at. You know, just as like a 23 year old, just just incredible as, as she was continuing to invest invest in young people. And Erica today is now actually working again with Julie. She, she's been hired at the church that Julie is at, and she's kind of her, her associate pastor. And what Erica is doing is, is now what Julie did for her. Erica is now investing in these young girls with the idea that those young girls will invest in the next generation of young girls, and they will invest in the next generation. This, this idea of multi-generational ministry. Don't just settle for being a godly influencer encourage the people that you were influencing to do the same. Thirdly, if we really want to be a spiritual influencer, we have to remember maybe the most important thing of all is that we have to influence by example. Okay? You, have to, you have to live it out. I mean, how many of us, if you've ever scrolled on social media, how many of you have ever seen a, a posting like this where somebody posts a picture just like this, okay? You know, it's, it's you know, a great-looking shot, and, you know, maybe there's a, you know, a, a quote underneath it that says, like, oh, such a great time in God's Word today. Like, now this is super judgmental of me, and I understand this is my issue, but sometimes I look at posts like that, and I go, wow, I wonder if it took more time to set up that picture than it did to actually spend time in the Word on that particular day. Like, hey, we want, we want the picture of the, of the Bible right here. I, I want, yeah, I'm going to have the coffee be on this side. No, the coffee's going to be on that side. I got to make sure that, like, there's water in the background, but, but the Bible has to be the focus, and the lighting has to be right, and there's all this effort put into a great picture. But was that where the main focus was? Or, or was the focus actually on the time that I, that I spent in the Word of God right there? 
you know, it's a great picture, but it doesn't reflect the spiritual reality of my life. See, a spiritual influencer, we don't have to worry about looking spiritual or, or talking a big game about being spiritual, okay? Ultimately, we have to lead the way. To be a spiritual influencer I means you have to show others what, what it looks like, which is what Paul instructs Titus to do with the young men. Again, going back to the verses in, in Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. He writes, Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. Set the example. We, we, can, we can talk as much as we want. We, we, can, we can pass along all the godly wisdom that we have stored up in our brains to other people, but if our lives don't match up with our teaching, can we really expect anybody else to follow us if, if we're not actually living out the example? Yeah, I, I think about Jesus and, and why Jesus was such an incredible spiritual influencer. How, how do we know? Well, because his teachings are still being passed on generation to generation today, 2,000 years later. I mean, Jesus was an incredible spiritual influencer because he never asked his disciples to do something that he was unwilling to do or, or that he hadn't already done himself. You know, Jesus always led by example. It, it, it's why he first made the decision to wash the nasty, dirty, disgusting, smelly feet of his disciples before saying the following in, in, in John 13, 15. Check this out. He says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. He did it first, and then he said, and now you need to do the same. You know, and then he speaks to the disciples about setting an example that is greater than just washing feet. So, so jumping ahead to verses 34 and 35, Jesus says, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Everyone will know, not, not just the disciples, not just the local church, but the entire world will understand that you're my disciples based on how you treat each other. And how you treat each other needs to be based on the example that I have shown you. you know, as we seek to be spiritual influencers, you know, we, have, we have the potential as the local church to make a massive impact in our local neighborhoods, in our communities, our nation, to, to, to the very ends of the earth. The church can have a massive impact. The, the church was designed to have a major impact on our world. In, in his letter from a Birmingham jail, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote the following. The church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was the thermostat that transformed the mores of society. Friends, there are no boundaries to the influence that we can have in our world if we are willing to first follow the example of Jesus. And again, as we look to Jesus and how he influenced his followers, that's, that's what we need to be doing, that, that we need to be people who seek to influence hearts first, that we're not just focused on following a whole list of rules, but, we're, but, we're in, but we want to influence the heart. 
that, that like Jesus who invested in his disciples with the idea that they would invest in the future generations of disciples, we need to be doing the same. How do we not only help establish new believers, but, but how do we encourage them to become influencers of future believers? And finally, just like Jesus, we have to, we have to live it out first. If we want to be an influencer of other people, we have to be living out our faith in the real world. And so practically, how do we do this? And, and, and who do we do it for? And, 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 you know, the main thing that I would encourage you right now is, okay, if we've all been called to be spiritual influencers, well, again, I think we need to be thinking about this idea of, okay, am I living it out myself? And, and if there are areas in my own walk with Jesus that like, boy, if somebody knew I was doing this, like I wouldn't be setting a very good example. Okay, God, help me get that right in my own life. God, God, work in my heart because I want to be living for you and I want to be that healthy example for others. And again, not that you have to be absolutely perfect and have everything you're right spot on. I mean, we'll never be at that point. But am I really working to grow in my faith so that as I influence others, they can see that, that healthy example in me? And then when it comes to the who, maybe God's already put some people in your life. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a teenager. Like, yeah, I've spent decades of my life pouring into teenagers. It doesn't have to be a teenager. It can be anybody who desires to mature and grow in their faith. It doesn't matter what their age are. I mean, it could, could be somebody that's decades older than you, but if they just recently came to Christ, that's somebody that you can invest in. Absolutely. But the key is that, that person has to have the desire to mature and to grow. You're not going to have very much influence on a person who doesn't want to be influenced. So, so start thinking and start looking around for, for people that you can kind of see that, that spark that they want to grow in their faith. And just pray that, that God would, would kind of put that person on your heart. And as you think about it and as you pray about it, don't, don't approach that person with like, hey, let me tell you about all the things that I can do for you in your walk. But, but really, like Jesus, uh, you know, a- approach them humbly. You know, make an invitation like, hey, would you, would you like to hang out sometime? Would you like to talk a little bit? Maybe it's even asking a question like, hey, is there a particular area you know, in your walk with Jesus that, that you'd like to see yourself grow? And if they give you an idea, instead of saying like, oh, I can tell you how to do that, maybe it's just as simple as like, Maybe we could study that together out of God's word. Maybe we could, maybe we could learn about that some together. Take the opportunity to be an influencer. It's what Jesus did for his disciples. It's what he has empowered us to do. To be thinking about this, this next generation of believers because we want to see the church's influence to continue to grow in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our world. And we get to be part of that movement. Let's pray. God, we thank you for God, being, being so gracious to show us the greatest example of all in your son Jesus, of what it means to influence others to be like you. And God, while we'll never be exactly like Jesus and we will never achieve the perfection that Jesus did, God, we thank you for your forgiveness and God, how you want to renew us and refresh us so that we can go out into our world and to be a healthy example, God, and and to have an impact on those who truly want to be in relationship with you and, and, and to grow in who you are. God, help us not get caught up in feeling like we have to be perfect or we have to do it just right, God. 
that help us to be bold and to take that step to reach out to somebody who wants to be influenced to help empower them to become an influencer themselves. We thank you. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified for all future episodes. Be sure to connect with us on socials at Rainier View CC and find out more about us at rainierview.org.